Welcome to a Healing Peace Podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. I am the CEO and founder of J Intel, a nonprofit organization that bridges the gap between faith-based and therapeutic resources. Being an overcomer, visionary, and God's creation, I empower women with their emotional wellness and intimacy with God to live abundantly. In this podcast series, we reveal that our wellness is not just physical health, but includes mental and spiritual health. True health and well-being include all three aspects. We transform our lives when we care for our mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back, ladies. I hope you had a good week last week and was pondering a little bit on all that wonderful information about habits. Well, as you can already tell in the interview previously, Leanne started writing down things and wanted to dig a little bit deeper, so she beat me to the gun. And of course, we're back. We're ready to keep talking about these habits and going in a little bit more detail. So Deanne, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad you're giving me an opportunity to talk about this a little bit more. Of course, of course. And why don't you allow our listeners to know just a little bit more about you? Who are you? What do you do? Why do you keep coming back? So I'm a wife of 34 years. I have three kids and three grandkids. I suggest everyone start with grandkids. It's a lot more fun. Um, I've recently become a professional counselor after having been a life coach for about five years and realized I wanted more training. I, I just wanted to be able to offer more. So I went ahead and, and have become a professional counselor so I can do the same kind of things that you're wanting to do, which is bring hope and healing wholeness to all the people that are looking for it. Yeah. And, and of course, that's why we get along so well. We're definitely very mission and purpose focused in that way. And it's been an honor to me to have you and, and to be able to prick your brain. And that's why you're back because we're going to get some more information out of you. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked me the other day, like, did you go in the South? Why do you sound so Southern? <laughs> yeah, you did, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I said it comes when it wants. Anyways, I didn't grow up in the South, though. So let, let's keep talking because I, I know where we left off, you wrote some things down about perfectionism because we were talking about perfectionism in the context of being kind and compassionate. And one of those areas that it kind of creeps in is perfectionism to the point that we cannot be kind and compassionate to ourselves. So go ahead and provide us a little bit more information of what is going on with that perfectionism and how is it keeping us in this habit mindset and keeping us from attaining the goals that we want to achieve. So you mentioned perfectionism last time, and, and it's really such a great way to use, a great idea to use as an example, because it's not tangible, but it drives many of our thoughts and our feelings and the things that we do or don't do with this, I'm going to call it a habit of perfectionism. And just like in, in a brief review, if you think of a habit as a system, it's got five parts. It's got the fruit, which is what shows up in the outside world, but it's also got the branches, which are our thoughts. It's got the sap, which are our emotions. It's got the trunk, which is like our body that carries about the, the habit. 
just it's we become embodied it becomes embodied in us and the roots of the tree which are the beliefs of the habit system and just like a tree has to have the roots the trunk the sap the branches and the fruit to be a full functioning fruit tree a habit system has beliefs it has it's embedded in your body it has thoughts emotions and all together those produce the fruit whether it's the behavior that you want to see or behavior that you don't want to see either way it's a system that all comes together yeah and i don't think i said this previously but for me that aha piece which really makes sense is that whole roots of the belief system and when you think about roots that that's the life that's what helps it to keep growing and if you deroot it it dies and I know previously in the podcast, we've talked about numerously releasing those limited beliefs, those, those core beliefs that is driving us to be or do things that we're disappointed about or, or not wanting to be. But I find this even more fascinating because I never connected the dots with how it drives our habits. Absolutely. And, and I think that's one reason why habits can be very difficult to release is because the embedded root system that we've never even really recognized or acknowledged, like these kinds of beliefs, it really takes some type of, well, the Holy Spirit can reveal, of course, these beliefs to us, and he's faithful to do so. And he may do it through some kind of disruption in your regular daily life. No, prayerfully, it's not something like a car accident or, or something that's kind of tragic that can bring these to the surface, but it can be in deep connection and fellowship with other believers, with a friend, a sister, a mother, someone who can help reflect back to you so that you can see what's so familiar that you can't really see it on your own. Yeah. And I know you spoke about that before in terms of having a support system. And and again, hear the value of that support system because there will be helpful to guide you to a place that you didn't consider for yourself. Yes, that's one of the things that's so important about what you're doing and what you're bringing, Kamir, is you're bringing, it's not just information that you're bringing, but you, you've you also, like through your podcast, been willing to be transparent and re, and reveal your own self, your own relationship with God and growth. And through that connection, even it's it provides people a chance to see what they can't see on their own. Very true. And I'm grateful that as you noted, within those relationships, as well as who God is, that he's so sweet to provide a mirror, right? But it's up to us to be willing to look into it because sometimes we're afraid to look. I've done that a couple of times because I'm like, oh, I don't want to see the chub chub anymore. So I'll just go in, brush my teeth and go out. <laughs> yes. Even though the mirror takes up the whole wall, we can still literally not look. Yeah. yeah. Right? Put your eyes down. Put your eyes down for sure. So how does this aspect evolve or equate to perfectionism in that habit building process? Let me tell you this story about myself and then we'll, and, and that'll be one way that I can kind of demonstrate it. And then also oh, for you sure. and I, you know, I love my stories now. So okay. Go okay. Well, I started life coaching back in 2017 and what I did not know was there's two parts of being a coach. One is the actual skill of knowing how to help people 
go from un go from stuck to unstuck, go from trapped to free, to go from I don't know what I want to discovering what I want. Like there's the skill of coaching, but there's also the building a business of coaching. And I never really understood that second part and how important it was to the first part. Somehow in my mind, people were just there. I didn't have to market or go find clients. And so in the process of recognizing, oh, I need to build some business skills and I need to find a way to create clients. I need to find a way to put myself out into the world in a visible enough way that can see me, that they'll recognize there would be value in working with me and that they'd be willing to invest in themselves enough to work with me. Oh, that was a big one to swallow because I kind of like hiding in my room. And when you don't have a physical, you know, you don't have like a shop in the middle of a mall where people are just walking by, you have to kind of get out there. Well, I I had really lived my previous 20 some odd years working towards being as invisible as possible. And I didn't, I didn't know it until I had to become visible until I, or I should say, start becoming visible. And one of the things people will do is they, you know, they say, well, post on social media, post on Facebook, post on Instagram. All that was I can't even tell you how opposite that was of what I wanted to do. And so how very difficult it was for me to do. You're preaching to the choir right now, by the way. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm I'm hoping that anyone who's listening has maybe also felt that pull to try and stay invisible, to not speak up. Maybe they've had a hard time finding their voice, asking for what they need or standing firm on knowing what's good for them in spite of what other people are, are trying to direct them. I feel like, you know, probably you and I aren't the only ones that have experienced that. So in the process of needing to go from invisible to visible, there's been lots of pieces that that the Lord's brought to me and, and helped me with. But recently what's happened was I've had this memory that has bothered me since I was 21. So I'm about 56 now. So I don't know, that's some math, 30, let's say 35 years. So this memory that of this event that happened, that happened in a split second, but somehow within that split second, something was changed inside of me in a way that I described it as I felt like I lost my joy. Mm. This was not a traumatic incident. I was literally just walking outside feeling very full and overflowing with the love of God, the beautiful sky and stars, and and just so energized by the goodness of God. And the person that I was walking with was not in the same place. They were dealing with something rather difficult for them. And I just made this comment. I just said, oh, doesn't it all just make you want to run, even though I'm not a runner? And this person that I'm walking with that was not in the same place that I was, was like, no, Like, how could you even feel that way? Because their experience was so strong for them. But in that split second, something happened in me that it changed and literally has impacted me for 35 years. What I didn't know what it was. I all I thought was I've lost my joy. And I've asked the Lord like a hundred times, Lord, I'd like to regain my joy. Can I have my joy back? And so recently in an EMDR therapy session which is one of the reasons why I've believed so much in EMDR is the way that it works with us as humans, I think a lot lines up with how God works with us. 
But through an EMDR session, I realized that in that split second of experience, the belief got implanted in me that said, it's not safe to be me. So that translated, it's not safe to speak out loud. It's what's really inside of me. It's not safe to express my emotions. It's not safe to be seen. And therefore, a a habit of becoming invisible began on those roots that belief that it's not safe to be me. Now, if you take that root belief, it's not safe to be me, and you try to combine it with trying to be visible and saying things on social media or on podcasts out loud where other people can hear it, they're in direct opposition. And the roots are always going to beat the fruit. The roots come first, right? Can't have the fruit without the right roots. Through the process of that therapy session, I was able to process. Last time we talked, you talked about our ability to process, process the thoughts and the emotions that were surrounding that split second in time and have installed in me through experience the new belief that says it is safe to be me. I know it sounds so simple, but I'm sure that I'm not the only one that's had things working in the behind my scenes embodied deep in me that have impacted my decisions my ability to do things or not do things. So this example, once I was able to adopt the new belief, I suddenly did the whole Facebook series on habits. I I was wondering why you was Facebooking. Yes, I was able to see attached to that belief. I was able to see that it's not okay for me to be wrong. It's not that I had to be right, but it wasn't okay to be wrong. And you did a great job with the Facebook, by the way. (laughs) Well, thank you. So there's there's several pieces that were attached to it, but it kept me from doing the things that I wanted to do because the root said I can't be seen, right? And so if I wasn't perfect, like everything had to be right, if I wasn't perfect, then I can't be seen, right? So perfectionism becomes like a, a tool or a veil to prevent you from being at too high risk situation to what feels like protect your very survival. And one of the things that I'm grateful for you sharing in terms of your journey is that this was not a traumatic event. And sometimes I think what happens is that we overlook just our general interactions with people and how that influence our thought process. And so we may say, well, I wasn't being hit. I wasn't being violated. So I, I'm, I should be okay. Right. You try to rationalize it away. Right. Because it didn't fall under this spectrum of something that's huge. And so we try to minimize the impact because we don't want to seem silly. Like, yeah, how, how could I get to this place just from having a conversation? She didn't say anything mean to me. She didn't cuss me out. She just said, I don't want to do it. Right. And think about like, think about a child who's bullied in school and sort of the subtle kind, not the beat you up kind, but the kinds like, you know, give me your lunch money every day or the kind that says, why are you here today? What are you wearing today? You know, those kinds of just subtle messages that says who you are is not okay. How does a kid who doesn't even have you know, eight, nine, 12 years old, doesn't have language say, mom, you know, he's being mean to me. He doesn't like my clothes. What? That doesn't, it doesn't equate to the damage that can occur inside in a moment 
not even like in my example, it wasn't even that other person's fault, but that belief. And that's why we talked about beliefs get implanted through experiences. So whatever, whatever was happening in me, I, you know, I'm going to say God has an enemy and one of the, the enemy's purposes is to keep me from knowing who I really am. You know, if nothing else, there was a window to really come in against who I really am. Like it's not safe to be you. It sounds like something the enemy would lie about. It landed without even me having words for it. I, I never even knew. I never even knew until recently. And I'm curious because this thought just came to my mind, which is with the perfectionism aspect, isn't that driven by it's not okay to be you? Wow. Yes. Yes. But it, it can probably, what would drive perfectionism might be different for every person. But yeah, that it's not okay to be you seems like it would be kind of a overriding essence perfectionism. Yeah. And and thus, because it's not okay to be me, then I'm striving to meet this level of expectation or this experience. I'm trying even harder to be these things. Yes. And then that's where the surrender piece comes in. Because trying harder and striving harder leaves us with the example from last time of just trying to cut the fruit off the tree and wanting the whole tree to be different. Surrender, surrender says, well, for me in this example, surrender says, I'm going to be wrong and some people are going to know it. Surrender says, it's okay for some people to disagree with me. Or surrender says, I can be seen and I'm not going to die. <laughs> you know, that's a surrender, not a try harder. Our 501c3 nonprofit organization, J Intel and A Healing Peace are looking for community partners to support our mission. We are bridging the gap between faith-based and therapeutic resources. Consider partnering with us. Go to jintel.org slash donate and contribute. By contributing in this manner, you ensure that we continue to spread this inspiring and encouraging message. I was going to see if you'd be willing to maybe answer a few questions about perfection, but, but if you have something you want to say first, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So you beautifully recognize that perfectionism is one of those tendencies that we have that keeps us from achieving what we want to achieve, or sometimes even trying what we want to even start out and, and often steals our very hope. Oh, for sure. So it sounds like Perfectionism is something that you have personal experience with. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and I would imagine through this process of being a podcaster for three years, something you had never done, yeah. <laughs> you came up front, bust your nose on this desire to be perfect and finding it impossible to be perfect. Yeah, because our first audio, oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it was like what in the world is that you had no idea about getting a microphone I had no idea about how to edit the audio and to get all that noise out and and I breathe kind of heavy so so I have my engineer kind of cut out my breathing so you guys were like why does she sound like Dark Vader <laughs> so you have all these 
things that needed to be perfect and critical of yourself when it's not perfect. Oh, for sure. And in the process over these three years, have you learned some things or some beliefs that were deep in you that have made it possible for you to continue on? Yeah. And I I think I shared this with you personally about one interview that I did where my internet kept going out and we had to keep starting the interview over. And each time we started the interview over, we sped up because we didn't want it to cut out again. But in the process of it speeding up, we ran out of content because we talked so quickly. But in that moment, God placed on my heart a question that opened up this canopy of an incredible conversation, but it wasn't planned. I wasn't aware that that was the direction that we were going to go in. But in my natural perfectionism, I would have tried to maneuver or recreate or said, okay, well, let's record tomorrow when I, when I can be more stable. But instead, we kept moving forward and I saw God work through those limitations. And in that time, that's when I was like, oh, I just need to relax. Mm, And go with it. Yeah, because he really filled in the gaps and the information provided was so much better than what I had initially perceived. So you had an experience of surrender. Oh, okay, sure. Yes. And then you had an experience where what came about was actually more than you could have hoped or even had planned for. Exactly. Yeah. That that really helps to build trust. And I, I think trust is one of those, not antibody, but antidote for perfection. And you, in that process, you experienced releasing, going mm-hmm. against your natural instincts. Yeah. And trust was built because you saw how it was better than what you could have even planned. Yeah, for sure. Do you remember what the question was that he asked you in the story when when you were doing the podcast and it happened and and you had that question come up that was unplanned? Yeah, I asked the person that I was interviewing to provide more detail about her understanding of Eve and how that imparts on women today. Oh, yes, I listened to that one. It was so good. Yeah. And, and in the time when we had the initial conversation, you were like, yeah, I was surprised that you asked that question in that location of the interview, because that wasn't my standard way. And, and that was because we ran out of content because we kept speeding up to try to get everything recorded before my internet went out again. And then I was like, okay, what are we going to talk about now? So, so in essence, the internet going out was a gift. It was. Even though it was quite imperfect. Exactly. Because her insight to Eve and understanding that we were more than just the helper, but how God wanted to use us to bring forth life. I was like, I've never heard that before. I've only heard the stressing that I'm a helper, but never to bring forth life. And I needed it. I I think it empowered my spirit. Yeah. Especially with this mission and ministry that you're bringing to the world is to bring forth life yeah so so if we take if we just take that little example and we tried to break it down the habit of perfectionism would have produced the fruit of asking the questions that you were supposed to ask the fruit of doing what you were supposed to do yes right Mm -hmm. and the thought behind that is 
this is what's going to be best for the listeners, or this is what I'm supposed to do. Can you remember what your thought would have been behind that? I think mainly is I'm sticking to a plan. I'm sticking to the plan. Yeah. And that, that's kind of a big theme for you is sticking to a plan, right? Exactly. I'm very structured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what is it, what is it you feel? What are your emotions that you feel when you stick to a plan? Well, that's where my false sense of control comes in. I feel more in control, of course. Okay. Yeah. So you feel more in control, even though logically you can say, I know that's false, but you it feels more in control. Correct. And then is there a way that feeling in control, like you know what's going to happen, does, is there a way that shows up in your body? Yes, I can breathe and I'm calmer because I've talked numerously on the podcast about my innate anxiety. And so my anxiousness would have gotten me to the place of not being able to breathe and and all that stuff. And then feeling that anxiety and then, Mm -hmm. which of course increases the feeling in your body. Is there like a particular place in your body that you feel that anxiety? Yes, mine comes at the heart level. At the heart level. Yeah, the upper chest. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then behind and underneath all this system of a habit, the, the root or the beliefs like in this example, can you like make a guess at what that belief deep inside would be? Outside of it has to be perfect. Or perhaps it's more of my other's perceptions of me because I, I do have to work through not being a people pleaser. And so for me thinking I have to look the part, I have to come across very intelligent, brilliant, so people will listen. Yeah. So that's a like kind of I I have to have it all together kind of a thing. Correct. Oh, and if that belief I have to have it all together wasn't there, what kind of belief could you imagine or maybe that you've already built that replaces the belief that I, I have to have it all together? Yeah. Well, the, my first thought is I can live more freedom, of course, because I'm not bound to that anticipation or the expectation, but I'm bound to being free to live the experience. I don't know if that answered the question or not. Yeah. So uh, what I heard you say was, I am free to, to just live. I am exactly. I'm not and I can be in the moment, right? I can be in the moment, not have this self-imposed anxiety, not have this self-imposed perception of what others are considering or thinking. But I have the freedom to be authentic to myself. And can you see how like coming from that place, from those roots, can you see ways that would impact the thoughts and emotions and decisions that you would make? Oh, for sure. Because we already tapped into what physiologically could happen, you know, from an anxiety standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then that level of criticalness from a, a thoughts and then the emotional piece with the anxiety. So, yeah, I'm seeing your your habit structure here. <laughs> yes. So thank you for letting that play out and be another kind of guinea pig, another way of communicating that a habit is not just a behavior, that there's so much built into most of the habits that we either already have and want to delete or the ones that we're wanting to create. Yeah. And I'm grateful for us doing this to kind of... because. As you stated initially, we're not aware all of this is going on. And 
you asking me these questions really pinpointed how this shows up. Yes, yes. And obviously we're we're doing it pretty quick. Um luckily I like to be asked questions because I can answer, but uh someone else may have taken a long longer time. Yeah. Well, and you've thought through all this before. So it wasn't like a an exploration that you've never done before. But I love the the picture of it because I feel like it just helps to emphasize being kind to ourselves and being compassionate to ourselves, that there's more going on behind a habit or bring a habit in than we really know. Yeah. And the more you try to beat it in, the more it's like stepping on that tender tree trying to grow instead of nurturing it and giving it room and giving it a support. Maybe a support might look like a group. It might look like a counselor or a coach. It might look like a trusted friend. It might look like a a disruption, like going away for a weekend, going to a retreat, you know, those supports to protect that seedling that you're trying to grow in place of this habit system, giant tree that's been there for 35 years in my example. Yeah. And I think to what you've laid out as well is at the end of the day, we need help. Like th- this isn't something that we can will. And I've tried so many times to will things. And and I think we, you talked about life coaching. And I think before when you were doing the Facebook Live, you were talking about a three-week healthy habits extensive. Yes, yes. I'm going to have a, a healthy habits group to start before New Year's first so that by the time New Year's gets here, we'll already be running. Right. And how can people get gain access to that, learn more about it, find you? Uh, if you, My website will be just the fastest way, deannehiggins.com. Two E's, two N's, two G's, deannehiggins.com. And so will you put up eventually for the three-week session? Because I think right now you have listed the free one-hour session, but where would they sign up for the three-week extensive? Yes. So at the proper time, I'm going to have a link up that you can just join right through the website. Okay. That's great. Because I know that we've talked a lot. <laughs> and one of the things that we noticed is that, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do this because I woke up today and said I'm going to be different. But I also want to provide some tools and insights for those who are on this journey and say, okay, well, what can I do differently so that I can start and be successful. And I want to highlight a couple of things and please fill in the gaps. You talked about being kind and compassionate, understanding that there's more involved. You talked about the language that we use and speaking with ourselves. You talked about having a disruption so that we are breaking that chain of pattern. And did I say already you talked about having a support group? Oh, I can't remember if you said, but yes, that's important some kind of support. Yeah. Increasing the ability to forgive yourself so you can start in slates and understanding that there's so much more involved than just the target behavior you're wanting to bring in or release. Right. And so is there anything else that I'm missing? Did we cover everything? Well, I could talk about this for probably another three hours. (laughs) (laughs) In general, we could just talk for another three hours. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think that's going to cover it and just, you know, the scriptural process of what you plant is what you will grow. Planting takes time. So be patient. Right. 
Oh, and one other thing you talked about and I didn't highlight, which is surrender. Oh, yeah. Surrender. surrender. Yeah. And you can go faster when you surrender. <laughs> yes. It's one of the beautiful paradoxes of God. It is. So, and we know no one likes to be trapped forever. So we gave you a fast track there. Well, Deanne, I appreciate everything that you shared and and giving us the opportunity to dig a little bit deeper into this and seeing how things are interwoven and interconnecting and letting us know that we're not crazy. And you're not a loser. Yes. And so again, I'm going to have it on the website when Deanne posts the link. So if you want to go to ahealingpeace.com, and you will see Deanne's name. You can click on it and you'll be able to be taken to her page. I definitely encourage you guys to look into the three-week extensive to dig a little deeper and, and find things that work for you and, and also having the hope that things can be different. So until next time, we're going to do our tools and tips show. So much information. I'm probably going to be talking and talking, but you're used to it. But until next time, you guys have a great week. I will see you then.